0: Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Subscribe today at rainworldview.com.
1: You are listening to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast from RAIN. Our discussions focus on current geopolitical headlines, emphasizing future trends and their effects. Welcome, I'm Emily Donahue. Today we're discussing how political risk will worsen economic risk in Europe. This year, most economies in Europe have seen a slowdown in economic growth. Recession cannot be ruled out. In the coming months, political developments in some of the major economies in Europe could further complicate their economic outlooks. Adriano Basoni joins me now. He's RAIN's Director of Analysis. Welcome, Adriano. Hey, Emily. Nice talking with you again. Let's start with a brief discussion of where we are, Adriano. Why is economic growth slowing down in Europe?
0: Yeah, in in recent months, most economies uh, in Europe have uh, slowed down um, because, as in other parts of the world, um, Europe is facing significant headwinds. Um, Energy prices are high and will remain high for many more months. Food prices are also high and will remain high. There are still supply chain bottlenecks Um, And of course, there is significant geopolitical uncertainty about the evolution of the war in Ukraine. Against this backdrop, we will see two main reactions in Europe in the coming weeks and months. Um, The first is that governments will keep high levels of fiscal spending to stimulate consumption and to mitigate the impact of the cost of living crisis across the continent. Um, The European Commission, which is the European Union's executive arm, is actually encouraging countries to keep spending high the European Commission only a few weeks ago delayed the enforcement of EU debt and deficit limits by another year, which means that countries will be able to spend without worrying too much about the European Commission telling them to stop. Uh, But at the same time, the European Central Bank is very concerned about inflation. Inflation is very high in Europe these days. And will significantly tighten its monetary policy in the coming weeks and months. The European Central Bank is actually raising interest rates for the first time in over a decade, while also phasing out its purchases of sovereign debt from Eurozone countries. This means that governments will find it more expensive to borrow on debt markets while they are also keeping fiscal spending high. It also means that private companies and households will find it more expensive to access credit, which will slow down economic activity in Europe and other parts of the world. So um, this combination of high fiscal spending, but a tighter monetary policy and more expensive credit and slowing down economies means that there is a certain risk of a recession in many European countries.
1: Adriano, a risk of recession would probably have political repercussions. What could be the role of political risk in this economic slowdown?
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting question because political risk is as important or maybe even more important than economic risk because political risk influences perceptions about the sustainability of certain economies. If you have strong, stable governments that are able to pass reforms and adapt policies to prevent or mitigate economic crisis, then it means political risk is low, which more often than not also means that economic risk is low in the sense that there is a reliable government that is in a position to send strong signals to markets and investors that it is actually in charge and that it, that it can get things done. The thing is, if you have fragile or ideologically incoherent governments that are unable to take the necessary measures to prevent economic crises from escalating, then it means that markets, investors, even savers, will perceive political risk to be high, which means that economic risk will also be perceived as high. If you have significant uncertainty, if you don't know if a government will be able to get things done, if you don't know if a government will actually survive in the, in the medium to long term, if you don't know if there could be unexpected U-turns in policy, then it all contributes to political risk, which in turn um, generates questions about the, the, the future of the economy. Um, so having a deep fiscal deficit And a massive debt to GDP ratio is not problematic if people perceive that the government is in control of the situation, that it will be able to service its debt to get its fiscal deficit under control eventually, even if the relative burden of that debt is growing. The problem is that um, in the Eurozone, there are a few countries that have a problematic combination of high debt levels, deep fiscal deficits, plus... Increasingly fragile or ineffective government. So this is the combination of economic risk plus political risk that I was describing before Which could make over time Investors and markets uh, believe that their deficit profiles are not sustainable. I want to stress this point um, to, to some extent the debt to GDP ratio is problematic if there is a perception that a certain government will not be able to honor its debt. And to some extent, that perception is connected to the strength and the stability of of the government in question.
1: Adriano, you mentioned that a few countries or some countries in Europe are in this position. Can you identify some of them for us?
0: Sure, Um, there are a few countries in the Eurozone to watch in the coming months. Um, I want to be clear about this. I am not saying that there will necessarily be a financial crisis in these countries. All I am saying is that there is a decent chance that political risk increases in some parts of the Eurozone, which, as I said a few times already, um, could result in a rise in economic risk. Of course, one of the main countries to watch is Italy. For more than a year, Italy has been stable because there was a strong confidence in Prime Minister Mario Draghi, who is, by the way, a former president of the European Central Bank and a very respected figure in Europe. The thing is, Draghi is a technocrat without a political party of his own, and he's backed by a very heterogeneous coalition of left-wing, right-wing and populist parties that so far have held together, there were a few um, problems here and there, but the coalition has survived. The thing is, Italy must hold a general election by mid-2023 and as the election date approaches the parties that back Draghi in parliament will start taking distance from the government and from each other to prepare for the election. This means that Draghi's government will become increasingly ineffective, it will struggle to get things done which will once more put Italy's massive debt burden and very low growth levels in the spotlight. Um, In fact, this is to some extent already happening. Italy's borrowing costs are already going up. The spread between um, Italian bonds and German bonds, which are considered to be the safest in the Eurozone, is broadening, which suggests that markets are starting to worry about Italy's massive debt burden at a time when the government will increasingly struggle to introduce um, economic reforms to make the country more productive and to solve many of its uh, macroeconomic problems. Um, I am not saying that Italy will face uh, a debt crisis in in the near term, but... Um, there is already uh, some concern about the the, the political fragility in the country influencing um, the economy and the financial sector. Um, Things are not so bad in France, but political risk is definitely going up after President Emmanuel Macron lost control of the National Assembly in the legislative elections in June. Macron won the re-election. He will be president for five more years. The thing is, he lost control of the parliament, which means that he will struggle to get things done at home, which will make it super hard for his government to introduce economic reforms. For instance, a reform of the pension system to make it more sustainable. Um, Macron will be forced to negotiate and make concessions to both the right and the left in parliament. And I think most, if not all, of these concessions will actually involve an increase in public spending, which means that Paris will struggle to reduce its fiscal deficit. And we need to keep in mind that France's debt has crossed the symbolic line of 100% of GDP during the pandemic, which means that France is no longer in the safe zone that it was during the financial crisis in the Eurozone a decade ago. So um, France is a country where political risk is definitely on the rise as the government will really struggle to get things done at a time when its economy is slowing down. Then I would like to highlight Spain. Um, Spain is an interesting country because um, the general election will only take place in late 2023, but in many ways the electoral campaign has already begun. Um, According to opinion polls, the conservatives, which are currently in the opposition, will win the election, which should not be particularly concerning for markets. The thing is, polls also suggest that the conservatives may need support from the far right to form a government, which could put a far right party in power in Spain for the first time since the return of democracy. This could lead to internal unrest, especially in regions that are pushing for independence, such as Catalonia. So in Spain, we will see over the next 12 to 18 months a return to domestic political instability, um, uncertainty, especially if Uh, the prospect of uh, the Conservatives taking over leads to um, an increasingly isolated minority government trying to spend its way out of trouble and trying to um, make people happy by putting more money in their pockets, which would worsen Spain's fiscal deficit, which would once again raise concerns about Um, Spain's ability to service its debt and of course if the right and particularly if the right forms a coalition with the far right and forms a government after the general election next year then the questions about Spain's territorial integrity will re-emerge. I insist this is still a distant threat. I don't want to sound alarmist, and I don't want to say that um, Spain will face a financial crisis right away. But since we are talking about these countries with a combination of very high debt levels, problematic fiscal deficit, a worsening macroeconomic conditions, and potential for um, political uncertainty and political risk to make economic risks more complicated then i would say spain is definitely on that list
1: wow adriano that is so interesting i could probably talk about this with you all day thanks for that insight
0: of course emily it's always a pleasure talking with you
1: adriano bassoni is rain's director of analysis you can read more on this topic in the third quarter forecast in rain worldview access lets you expect the news rather than follow it Subscribe today. Go to rainworldview.com for details. That's R-A-N-E worldview.com. I'm Emily Donahue and thanks for listening.